0: Welcome to the Mulligans Podcast, a real estate podcast dedicated to helping investors like you. Every week, we interview relatable guests and focus on what led them to success in real estate investing and how we can do the same while avoiding their mistakes. Without further ado, let's get into today's show. Hey, Mike, I appreciate you being on the show, man. It's great to have you.
1: Sure thing, Hayden. Pleasure speaking to you, man. Thanks for the invitation.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you don't mind, just give the audience, a quick 30-second commercial about yourself.
1: Sure thing. Absolutely. So, uh, man, my name is Mike. My name is Michael. Everybody calls me Mike. I live in uh, Pearland, Texas, one of the suburbs, right? About 30, 35 minutes south of Houston. I am uh, 22 years old. I am a full-time real estate. I call myself a one-stop shop, right? But I'm a real estate investor full-time. Uh, man, I, I buy and sell properties. I'm a real estate agent as well, so I represent clients. Um, I own 39 rental units of my own. I flip about two to four houses a month, and I represent about one to two clients a month, depending what's going on. So yeah, man, I do a little bit of everything. I started at the age of 19, so I've been doing this gun ho full time for about three and a half years now.
0: Okay, so you started really young at 19. What kind of got you into real estate?
1: Man, I have no clue. Really, I think it was (laughs) I I wouldn't call myself very religious, but I'm very. I'm, I'm actually very spiritual. You know, I believe in in the man upstairs. Uh, So I kind of believe it was all God, right? I kind of believe everything lined up the way it was supposed to be. But long story short, in Paraland, there's probably two, there's two names when it comes to real estate that everybody knows of. And I reached out to both of them. And one of them actually responded back and that guy became my mentor. So long story short, he's the one that kind of introduced me and brought me on board. That's pretty much it. I'd say that's the answer.
0: Okay. So when you reached out, to, just sidetracking here, when you reached out to this investor, because a lot of people I feel like struggle with, with this component of things and asking for a mentor, is that something that you, did you offer him like a service? Did you try to help him with cold calls or advertising, or did you just, you know, just were very raw with him and just asked, you know, about his expertise and his opinion and just try to make him feel good and, uh, you know, hype him up.
1: I would say exactly that. The last thing you just said, dude, I was 19 years old. I was completely raw I was probably a year out of high school just trying to find myself. Mm -hmm. I I knew nothing about real estate. So, man, there was no way I could offer any value because I had no value, right? I was just a hungry 19-year-old kid. But the beautiful part is I think he loved that about me. Um, And the group overall, I think they loved that about me is they saw this little 19-year-old kid that seems hungry, if you will. And I think that's kind of what kind of gave me the little foot in the door, if you will.
0: Right, and definitely. Okay. So you mentioned that you had about 39 units so far. What does that look like in detail? Is that all single family? Is it a little bit of multifamily, Airbnbs?
1: It's mostly small multifamily for the most part. The biggest property I own is a 28 unit apartment complex. Wow. Um, The rest of them are just four plexes, a couple of duplexes, and probably about two or three single families. Um, Just kind of spread throughout, if you're familiar with Houston, just spread throughout Brazoria County in Galveston County for the most part, and one or two of them in Houston.
0: Okay. So is there a reason you focused on those counties?
1: Man, I'll be honest with you. It's like, a, well, I live in Pearland, right? Mm-hmm. So Pearland is in Brazoria County. I love Perryland. I love Alvin. I love Manville. I love the outskirts, if you want to call it that, because nobody focuses on the outskirts. Everybody wants East Downtown. Everybody wants properties in East Downtown, in the ward, second ward, third ward, fifth ward. I just love little... Country old towns, if you will, that nobody really cares about. If that makes sense,
0: right? Right. Less competition. You you probably know that better, being you're right outside those markets, right? So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, how about that first deal? How did you? What was that first deal? What did that look like for you?
1: You kind of got to clarify, man. So what? Like what first deal? Real estate deal, period, or first property that I bought? First, yeah. What? What first investment property? Okay. So I bought my first investment property. I had just turned 20 years old, Um, and that one was a little duplex in east downtown of Houston that I still own to this day. I'll probably never sell it.
0: Nice. Okay. So how did you find that deal?
1: So it's a funny story, and it's kind of a side story, but whenever I I was in real estate, whenever I was an agent full-time, I closed 36 deals my first year ever, the first 12 months ever in real estate, 19-year-old kid. Wow. I somehow got 36 people to agree to let me sell their property at 19 years old, right? Everybody was double, triple my age. So um, the first ever listing appointment that I went on 100% by myself without my mentor, their their names was Javier, okay? So Javier, I sold his house and then I knew he had a duplex. And miraculously, six months later, the guy loved me from when I represented him. And he's like, hey, do you want to buy my duplex? That's kind of how that one happened, man. So man, it was the first crazy. ever listing appointment ever also turned into my first ever, uh, rental property that I bought. And I also wholesaled that same guy, another deal. And I made like 7,000 bucks. And then I brought like 3,000 bucks to the closing table to buy the duplex. So he kind of like paid me to buy the duplex. If that makes sense. It was super awesome, man. Once again, it's just like a, a blessing, if you will, you know?
0: Yeah, right. But I mean, you, you worked hard and I can tell you're a humble guy, but you worked hard and put yourself in that position. And that's, that's kind of one I want to talk about as well is what, what would you say, you know, for a real estate investor or a real estate agent in general, their first year, what is an average amount of deals? Because that 36, I understand is a good bit.
1: It is, man. If you go to your typical, your local market centers, your big boys, right? Keller Williams, Remax, EXP nowadays. Man, your typical real estate agent is lucky if they close a dozen deals a year. That's one deal a month. Um, 36 deals a year. Yeah, you have people that are in the game for five, six years, and they're barely getting around to doing that many deals.
0: So now I want to dive into this a little bit because, you know, there might be a few agents out there, young agents in your position. We, we try to tailor more to the younger crowd. What What did you do that led to, you know, you 3Xing what an average agent does in that year?
1: Easy, man. Easy. I know that answer from the top of my head. Uh, it's simple, dude. It's called lead generation. Man, I think you're familiar with it. I think it's a funny story of how you reached out to me, right? Yeah. But uh, but lead gen, man, I, as a real estate agent, your your primary forms of lead generation are, are sticking to your circle, right? Your uh, They call it your local database, people that you know, friends, family. I was 19. I didn't have fellow 19, 20 year old friends that were ready to buy a house because we were just out of high school. Right. So what did that result to? I resulted to cold calling. And uh, it's funny, man. And it sounds kind of weird, but I really, really fell in love with the the sport of cold calling, if you will. And that's simple. That, that's the answer. I just I cold called a bunch of for sale by owners. And like I said, I met everybody and made the people fall in love with me, which is another story. And yeah, that's kind of how it went.
0: Okay. So for cold calling, are you? what are some of your criteria for cold calls? I imagine you still do that now to look for off-market properties, correct?
1: Every single day, man. I cold call two to four hours a day at least. Wow. Um, man, I could have a closing. I could have a well into the five-figure payday. But if I don't get at least two hours of cold calling in, I, I get a sense of like anxiety. <laughs> and it's uh, it's kind of weird, dude. But yeah, it's the truth, man.
0: No, I mean, it, you're absolutely right. Pipeline is everything, especially in you know, 100% commission job right
1: man in the world of sales you're absolutely right your pipeline is everything dude if you don't have a pipeline you don't know what you're going to look like in a couple months right right and that's where it gets scary
0: right so now and again what, what are you what are you looking for on that uh, so as far as those deals you're cold calling what are some of the criteria do you like to see that they have 100 percent equity are they all single family is it a mix or are you just pulling sort of different lists every time
1: no. Nowadays, you know, what I'm doing mainly is I'm pretty much cold calling and I'm sourcing my own deals, if you will. I don't really, um, you know, I'm not cold calling FISBOS for sale by owners. I'm not cold calling expired listings. I'm cold calling my own deals. Mm-hmm. So I specialize in small multifamily. That's pretty much all I call. Small multifamily, duplexes all the way up to about 30 to 40 units. It's kind of my sweet spot.
0: Okay. And are you are you calling with the intention to buy that property on the site, on, on the spot?
1: Usually, yeah. You know, okay. well, here's the thing. I'm calling with the intention to help people. Period, right? So, whether that means me buying it, whether that means me listing it on the MLS, um whatever that scenario may mean, it can go either way.
0: Interesting. Okay. Yeah, cuz I, I know that a lot of people. Now, Cody Davis, I don't know if you're familiar with the name. He's been on the podcast before. He's on Bigger Pockets recently. He reminds me a lot of you just he's a, a young guy, about 22 years old. He might Yeah, he just turned 22 back in December. Um, he's just a hustler man. He cold calls a ton, and he has that same approach and he has a lot of success with it, just cold calling for the relationship, not necessarily for the deal, right? Like you know, if, if they wanted to sell my property and that worked out, then great. But he is honestly just a genuine person cold calling to help people. and, and I've, I've what I've noticed is that that has produced way better results for people who do that rather than the very transactional feel of hey, are you looking to sell the property on x, y, Z street, right? So um, very interesting that you do that still. Um, okay. So you kind of mentioned that, that first property, uh, and it was a wholesale. Deal. Are you still looking to wholesale or have you expanded? You, you said you specialize mul- mostly in multifamily. Is it sort of, you're looking more to wholesale those deals or you buying and holding those, or is it just whatever feels right for that situation?
1: You know, the first, the first thought that comes to my mind is always buy and hold, right? Because that's, that's what creates tomorrow money, right? I have a, I have a saying, And it's with a really close buddy of mine. But I have a saying, it's done by 30. That's what I sell. I tell tell that to myself and my buddy now says that to himself. But man, the goal is to be 100% done by the age of 30. After 30 years old, I'll never have to lift another finger in my life. How I do that is by holding real estate, right? Not by wholesaling today, because today money means nothing in the life of tomorrow. So the first option is always holding the asset. The second option, if I can't hold it for whatever reason, seller wants too much money, uh, needs too much repairs, don't have enough capital, whatever the situation is, then I turn to, you know, how do I sell this thing? And how do I capitalize like this?
0: Gotcha. That's great. Okay. So you you cold call, you find somebody willing to sell you their fourplex, right? What do you right. do in regards to financing? How are you getting that property under contract? Are you raising the money or you using your own capital on refinance? Or what does it look like for you?
1: Man. So that's funny that you mentioned that owner financing is actually, it's my number one way that I've bought properties in my life. That big 28 unit apartment complex, they owner financed it to me. Right. And that's a, that's, that's another scenario. That's a whole nother conversation, but the world of owner financing is something that I tried to specialize in and then I have specialized in. So I would say, um, man, probably like 33 of my 39 units, were sold to me via owner financing. Um so yeah, definitely owner financing is one of the best ways that I go about. And aside from that, I've met a couple of, they're now buddies, but I've met a couple of buddies over the years. They have very deep pockets and they trust me with their money. And uh, you know, to say the least, they let me borrow money in exchange for first lien position on real estate. And I pay them a, a pretty hefty interest rate. So everybody's happy.
0: Yeah. It just just works out that way. That's awesome, man. So that 28 unit deal you know, that that's significantly from what I remember, that's significantly larger than anything else in your portfolio, at least at that time. Right. So what, what had to go through your head when you were, when you were working on that 28 deal? Did you just treat it as it was a single family, as it was, you know, something different? Was it, was it a different process to you? Did it affect your, you know, your brain at all?
1: Man, you know, my, my mentor, the guy that showed me everything, um, he, he taught me something. He was like, get it under contract and figure the I don't know if I can cuss on here, but figure the figure everything else later, right? So get it under contract, figure everything else later. That's literally what I did. I got that property under contract. I had no clue how the hell I was going to take it down. I had no clue how the hell I was going to get, you know, uh, you know. To be honest with you, it was $150,000 down payment. I had no clue how I was going to come up with hundred fifty k down payment. I was 21 when I got that one, so that was last year. Um, so I was completely lost. But yeah, you know, I I don't really look at it like a single family. I I look at it like what it is, a commercial asset based off income financials. And uh, man, it made sense. And up until today, that property is going heavily into rehab. The remodeling is still going on today. And it's going to be a home run, you know, and it's definitely a long-term play there.
0: Nice. Very nice. And you you found that one through Cold Call as well, building the relationship.
1: Man. Absolutely. Yeah, I found that through Cold Call as a mom and pop landlord, just like most of the people that I buy and sell properties from. Uh, man this specific one the husband just underwent back surgery so he was ah. done he couldn't he couldn't keep up with the property He couldn't do anything and kind of a uh, you know they say luck is when preparation meets opportunity right so if you want to call it lucky i got lucky because i was prepared absolutely. and the opportunity presented itself
0: absolutely absolutely wow man that's that's insane that you've built so much just from from largely from these cold calls now so is is all of these 39 units are they all from off-market efforts or are some of these from from on market?
1: No, uh there's been a couple that I've I've bought and sold over the years um that have been on the market. There's probably been like three or four single families that were on the market. Okay. Um the rest of them were strictly off market. 90, 95% of them was deals that I sourced. The other five percent were deals that you know buddies brought to me, wholesalers brought to me, pay them a fee and in exchange that I keep the uh keep the asset
0: gotcha okay so now you've given yourself a, an edge in, in in my opinion by getting yourself a, a, a real estate license would you agree have has that helped you a good bit or um, would you have still done it the way you you you've done it currently um, knowing what you know now would you have skipped over the license
1: man not really I think uh, I think I am where I am because I got my real estate license I think if I didn't get my real estate license I wouldn't be where I am to be honest with you so, man, anybody out there listening, if you're debating it, if you don't know what to do, get your real estate license, go from there. Everybody says there's cons to it, but really there's there's more pros than there are cons, in my opinion.
0: Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, that was a, a great first segment of the show. I'm going to go ahead and get into the second part here, which is questions from a cup. So, I'm just going to pull three random questions from here and uh, ask them to you. It's pretty self-explanatory. So, question it, number man. one, like what is your least favorite real estate activity?
1: My least favorite real estate activity. Um, man, I don't know. You know, I've always told people and it's kind of a it's kind of a thing that I just tell people really close to me. I really don't like driving. <laughs> and uh, if you want to call it a real estate activity, I guess you could say driving because I have to drive to every single appointment. I average, I don't know, I average 15 to 20 appointments a month all over Houston. I drive all over Houston and it's ridiculous. So my least favorite, I'd probably say driving. Um, to be honest with you, man, I don't know if that, if that qualifies or not. No, I think that
0: it does. It's definitely a real estate activity is something you're doing a lot of. So now side question from that, cause you know, that brought up a good point is mm-hmm. you're doing everything essentially by yourself, right? You're like, you said, you're a one man shop. A lot of people, you know, say to get a partner or to find somebody that complements your weaknesses, but you're, you're taking care of it all. What are the, some of the systems you have in place to make sure you're able to run everything successfully?
1: You know, that's the that's the beautiful part. And that's one of the biggest keys of business, right, is systems and processes. And I learned that from my mentor. Uh, So once again, when I joined and I keep reverting back to this because it's a very solid point. But when I joined that group that I joined, uh, they taught me a lot about business. They taught me a lot about processes and things like that. So whenever I left that organization last year, uh, man, it's you know, it's kind of like R&D, right, rip off and duplicate. I took what I learned there and I'm kind of implementing it here. So same thing, transaction coordination. I kind of just hand everything off and delegate. I have a VA that handles transaction coordination. Um, The one thing that I really, really try to focus on is strictly the lead generation. And if it's not the lead generation, I try to just get rid of it and get off of my plate as fast as possible. It's like um, the book, uh, Pareto's Principle, right? You focus on your 20%, the other 80% doesn't matter.
0: Right. Beautiful, beautiful answer. All right. Question number two. So now you've only been in, in real estate for three years, but you have 39 units. I imagine you've seen some pretty crazy thing. What is your craziest real estate story?
1: Uh, that's, cr- that's, uh, <laughs> that's fun. I don't know, man. There's, there's, that's something that I wish I would have, I would have, you would have asked me yesterday and I could have thought about that. <laughs> I've had so much stuff happen. I've had, uh, I've had cops called on, on me in inspections. I've, had squatters pop up on me while walking apartment complexes that have been vacant for years. I've had a guy die in a property that I've owned. Jeez, um, yeah, man, just really crazy stuff overall. I, I don't know how to trim it down and give you one to be honest with you.
0: Oh, I mean that's good. I mean th- you give the high level overview and that I think builds curiosity in the audience more than anything. Maybe they'll they'll have more of a reason to reach out and hear more about those stories.
1: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
0: So third and final question: What is your real estate pet peeve. What do you hate more about a real estate than others?
1: Man, I really wouldn't say, you know, that brings up a good point and it sounds weird, kind of sounds philosophical. I don't know if you care to hear it or not, but I really don't believe in the word hate. I believe hate's a really strong word. Mm. I don't know what true, true hatred. I have no clue what it is. You probably don't either. Um, Man, true hatred is a crazy thing, but a a pet peeve of mine in the world of real estate, I don't know, man. I wouldn't say, I, I really, I really don't know. I would say this, the thing that I'm not good at is organization. Um, I'm a terribly organized person. So if you want to add, if I had to give you one, I would say probably being organized is like my least thing that I'm good at because I'm, I'm naturally a salesperson, right? right? You put me in front of a hundred people and I'll sell some stuff, but you asked me to organize all this and, and put a spreadsheet together and do this and do that. And, and man, that, That'd probably be a nightmare. So I'd say organization, to be honest with you.
0: Perfect. Well, cool, man. Uh, we'll go ahead and get into this next section here, the your mulligan section. So question number one, in all of your investment career, what was your mulligan? What and what did you learn from it?
1: What was my mulligan? What? Yeah. Um,
0: so as far as like, what was, what was a mistake you made that you learned or that you made and you you'd do something different about it next time?
1: Man, I would say play it slower. You know, I've learned this over the years as well. Um over the years, I sound like I've been doing it for a decade, but I've learned this over the past two or three years. But man, you know, I, I usually or I used to I used to look at what I could make from a property, for instance, and I used to get really excited and be like, man, sell that thing, keep the cash, move it elsewhere, etc. Um, so man, I'd say that was probably my biggest mulligan is I uh, I sold stuff when I shouldn't have. I should have kept I would have another additional 12 single families under my name. Wow. I would have never sold it. Dude, they'd be, you know, I'd be sitting on a fat amount of equity. So <laughs> I, that was probably one of my biggest mulligans: selling stuff when I didn't need to realistically, I didn't need to sell anything at all, but. Yeah, that was good. I'd I mean, mean you, you, learned that. At a,
0: you anything you're learning now, you're learning at a young age. So <laughs> um, that's a great point. But okay. Absolutely. So that kind of answered the second question, but for the third question, for those in the audience that want to be where you are today, What piece of advice would you give them and what should they do first?
1: I would say get yourself educated as fast as humanly possible. Do not, you know, I I will tell you this. If you're completely green, you don't know anything, you want to buy your first property. Think about it like this. You haven't earned the right to buy your first property Mm -mm. until you get as educated as as quickly as you can. Um, Man, to this day, I've I've spent I don't know how much on, on masterminds on just getting educated. I just dropped another $7,000 to join a, a local mastermind that starts this Saturday with a really good buddy of mine. Um, man, I'd say get educated. That's probably the number one thing. The second thing from there is, is start meeting people, networking, and, and just getting your feet wet and getting a deal.
0: That's great. So now I hadn't asked you this from the time you became interested in real estate to closing on your first real estate investment. How, what, was that, what was that time frame like? 11 months. 11 months. And what were you doing in that 11 months to make sure that you had the education and you were prepared for that deal?
1: Man, I was, I didn't, well, to this day, I really, I don't watch TV. I don't watch YouTube. I don't, I don't do things like that. Right. I don't do things that a typical guy, our age probably does. Right. I know you're really young too. Um. Man, I, I just read books consistently. I'd read a book a month within real estate. Everybody knows bigger podcasts or bigger pockets. You mentioned it earlier. I'd listen to bigger pockets every I think I probably listen to every bigger pockets episode until probably like 280 270 late um, early last year I kind of fell off of it but man I, I just educated myself with podcasts I read books i join local Facebook groups that's a pretty cool thing too if you have a Facebook or uh, some type of social media join local groups right there's a bunch of them out here in Houston and just get yourself uh, around a bunch of people man I'd probably say that
0: awesome man awesome okay so um... Well, that's great. So, I mean, you've kind of answered all the questions. Let's go ahead and uh, close out. So what is one thing that you want people to know about you that we didn't have the chance to talk about today?
1: Man, one thing I want people to know about me is I'm an absolute open book, man. There's there's nothing you can ask me about my business that I try to hide, that I try to to not show you to help you grow because I don't believe in that. You know, I believe in a, I live in a world of abundance. I should say that, I should say that, not in a world of scarcity. So if you want to know something and reach out to me on any social media platform, I'm out there, you'll find me and, uh, and I'll show you everything.
0: Perfect. Perfect. So why do you enjoy investing in real estate?
1: The freedom, man. I, I think, uh, you know, I probably don't experiment or experience as much freedom today, right? But I know the fact that I mentioned it to you earlier, right? The done by 30 thing. 35 year old, 40 year old Mike is going to be grateful for the decisions that I've made the past couple of years. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. 10 years down the road, you're either going to be patting yourself on the back or kicking yourself in the butt. Right. So
1: absolutely.
0: I, I like the, the done by 30 thing. That's an excellent way to think about it. Okay. Absolutely. So what are you looking for now and how can our audience help you?
1: Uh, what am I looking for now? I don't know what in, in reference to to deals and yeah, anything. Are you're
0: you looking for more you know, agent or more, uh, referrals for your, for your, uh, agent business for, for investments or what are you looking for, for people you to help know, you?
1: Say, i I'd say this, I'm looking to grow, um, probably the opposite of what you just mentioned, man. I, I couldn't care less about taking on more clients myself. It's kind of the opposite nowadays. I, I'm, I'm in the position to where I have too many people reaching out to me and I cannot service all of these people. I cannot service all of these clients. So if you're a real estate agent in the Houston area, man, if you want to close probably two to four transactions a month, reach out to me. I can literally refer all of these properties to you, all of these people to you. Uh, I can get them nice and ready to make something happen. And then you go out, you meet them, you sign a contract. I'll just take a small referral cut in exchange. Man, that's pretty much it. Aside from that, just real estate in general. Um, I tell people if it's if it's one to 20 units, I'll make, I'll pay more than everybody else. And I'll buy the thing, especially if it's within an hour of Houston. Um, so yeah, man, I'd probably say that.
0: Love it, man. Okay. So third and final question, where can people find out more about you?
1: Absolutely. So, uh, you you can find out more about me. Number one is probably Instagram. My Instagram is wires, please. Um, you know, W-I-R-E-S and then the word please. So wires, please on Instagram. If not, just add me on Facebook. My full name is Michael Carbajal. I'm sure it'd be written somewhere, um, but just reach out to me, Instagram or Facebook, and I'm an open book. i help everybody.
0: Absolutely. Awesome, man. Well, it was great to have you on the show. You're, you're killing it. And it's, I, I really enjoy talking to the younger guys and just hearing how they face the adversity of being young and uh, you know, not having the respect or the the know how just yet and how they're able to overcome that. So um, it's, it's amazing to be able to talk to you. And I, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to get on the show.
1: Absolutely, man. I appreciate you, Hayden. Thanks a lot. I look forward to it. Let me know. If you Absolutely, need man.
0: Thank you. Thank you everyone for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to subscribe and share with somebody, you know, it's how we're able to grow and reach other people. For more real estate content, please follow us on social media at mulligans underscore underscore. And don't hesitate to reach out to us or our guests to learn more. Until next week.